Hello everyone and welcome back to the Long Play Club. This is your series for Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Uh, this is part two of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Today I am your host Christian Buckley, codenamed Scorpion, joined by Omar Nakvi, codenamed Jaguar. Hey! What's up, Scorpion? What's up, Jaguar? How you doing? Uh, <laughs> shit, I wasn't prepared for that. I'm doing well. Thank you. Very nice. We if we're doing code names, we have to have some sort of way to differentiate because we have another Jaguar. Jaguar yeah. number two, Kevin Diaz. How are you? <laughs> Call me Jaguar too. Oh, that was a bad one. I've been trying to do a great. good snake impression mm -hmm. on stream. Sometimes it's the one. Other times it's really not. But I'm trying. I'm trying. I hope by the end of this long play series, end of MGS5, I'm going to have a perfectly nailed down snake impression. I... I think all you really need to like sell it well is you just have to say Metal Gear well enough, and then you, that's all you have to do. Metal Gear? No, like see, like nah, Metal nah, Gear. Nah. That was see, Metal Gear. Half the times I do it, stuff. I just become um, Christian Bale Batman. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, rounding out the Long Play Club, Jack Martin, codename Elephant. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm trying to think of some famous fictional elephants the one from tarzan comes to mind sure curious george right isn't there an elephant in there? that's a monkey <laughs> that is a monkey. monkey no 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 i know that curious george is a monkey but isn't there a oh, he's friends in his lore the there's like a children's there book series right about elephants yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember vividly in my preschool in the preschool bathroom you know with like the little kid toilets yeah they mm. had wallpaper in there which seems like a really bad idea uh, of that of that series of elephant books. Mm. Mm. Also, the elephant from Lost Legacy. Christian hasn't played Lost Legacy. Just forgot to throw that out there. Sure. Yeah. Horton hears a who. There we go. So today, oh, yeah, genius. Uh, today we are continuing Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. Last week we left off with uh, facing off against our former mentor, the boss throwing us off a bridge being introduced with the incredible snake eater theme song and uh getting our mission objective for the operation snake eater so boots on the ground is where we left off let's get walking so uh almost immediately after we are sent back to the area we just were at which we can get to in a second <laughs> um we experience a cutscene with the boss out the gate. She shows up once again. Uh, Kevin, since you are new to Metal Gear Solid and you're continuing this mostly pure experience. Oh, should we, should we leave with that, Christian? Not my thoughts on this specific part, but the previous thing I told you about yesterday. I would like the answer to the question first and then you can bring it up. Okay. Absolutely, okay. Answer uh, the question, Kevin. Yeah, did, Kevin, so stay on top. <laughs> did you expect to see the, the boss again so quickly after you they set her up as presumably, like, the villain of the game? Yeah, now it's like, I don't, yeah, like, now I don't even know if she's going to end up being, like, the villain villain, mm -hmm. even though she is painted as being that, you know? Um, I did not... I expect her to come back so soon. I thought it'd be like a last hour and a half of the game, mm -hmm. you know, go through her thing, pay off at the end, all that, you know. Um, 
And like I figured like she would set out all her um not not cobras, but um what's their group called again in this game? Shoot. Um Gru? The Gru. Gru. Is that what it is? My I know minions. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the minions, Gru, yeah. whatever, you know. I thought they would send them out one after one and then the last one would, would be the boss. But um but yeah, like it is interesting because like she let him live again you know and now i'm at like a point where it's like okay i don't think you actually want to kill me you 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 do keep injuring me a lot mm -hmm. which is questionable you know um but i feel like there's something else going on here for sure you know like like i think she even says a line of like you know i'm not even necessarily your enemy i think or something Mm -hmm. uh, like along those lines where where it's like i'm not actually who you think i am like sure. in terms of an enemy or friendly you know what i'm saying yeah because i i think narratively with this cutscene specifically it's interesting because the game is dead set i think kind of bluntly for the first everything we played so far of like maybe allegiances aren't a good thing you know <laughs> or like maybe mm. there's good people on both sides it's a matter of perspective like they really drill that in super early i think in a way that's right. kind of in your face and i think this is just a, another example of that you know because the i think right. the boss here has a line talking about how like criticizing snake because like he doesn't like give into his emotions he's too focused on the soul like she's criticizing his ideologies and she's like oh well we have a history like why do why does that not matter if i'm your you know it's like very kind of blatantly just maybe everything's gray you know like jack in this scene specifically from that perspective like do you think that the boss showing up here is effective for setting up the objective when it's like we have to kill her but she just is there at the beginning uh i think it's effective in the sense that snake in this situation is just woefully unprepared mm -hmm. um and i guess they sort of set that up previously with uh the boss and snake on the bridge but i guess that was more the fact that she had like the element of surprise over him and he wasn't expecting to fight his mentor and then he gets in this situation and he's probably he's like ready because that's he's or she is um his mission essentially mm -hmm. and at the start of this i think it is is a good way of being like snake is like nowhere even close to being able to take down the boss and um being that his mission is to take her down eventually he's gonna have a a tough time to do that mm -hmm. if that uh, comes to pass so in that sense i think it is effective uh i have another question jack why do guns break so easily every time they show up she just like tears that thing apart like it's paper what's up she, she knows what's up dude she knows the mechanics you just you pull that apart snake goes on a ty tirade about oh this thing's gone double action revolver <laughs> such a nerd <laughs> and he's like oh my god where did you get this so they just love guns yeah i'm like you're such a nerd bro you're such a freaking yeah. nerd <laughs> um omar i know you're not last week you brought up some i guess issues or disappointments with the way that this game presents a lot of its ideas in the opening here again uh, i was seeing a lot of what you were saying 
with this interaction. Um, what do you think about setting up Operation Snake Eater with the boss here and Snake's encounter with her? Um, I think this cutscene's pretty cool mm-hmm. for the most part. Like, I think it, it's staged well, it looks nice, and it has this, like, beautiful horse, I think. Have you seen that horse? Yeah, it's beautiful. It looks really good. Yeah, um, yeah, great-looking horse. But, yeah, Christian, are you talking about, like, how I kind of felt like some of this game feels a bit awkward in its cutscene and writing? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's a little strange. Um, I don't really know what's going on there, but uh, it feels stilted in a way where uh, it is beating you over the head about these ideals, right, that the boss has, and you have like it it doesn't feel gracefully written i guess and not to say the previous two were but like this one more so stands out a little bit i think yeah i i wrote down towards the end of this week's session uh something like some the writing's lacking something i think and i i can't place my finger on what that is fully but I wonder if it is really what we touched on last week of just sort of wanting to devote to the time period and the lack of wild technology and all that and just wanting to make it feel like more of a period piece. But they, I think they're setting this up to be more of a intimate type of story than the other two were. But I don't know how effective that is so far when it's really like going for the Bond thing the whole time you know yeah yeah so yeah, i see i see uh, yeah when we got to that horse part of me was like am i forgetting this game i'm about to fucking ride this horse throughout <laughs> the jungle but of course you don't no yeah that's that's a bit upsetting um speaking of upsetting before we continue on kevin you wanted to bring something up to the panel so please yeah feel free to do so so as the uh, resident flower right mm-hmm. Know the flower uh, in that one Disney princess movie, you know, with the with the with the glass encasing. What's that called? Beauty and the Beast. The rose. That that yeah, that's mm-hmm. me, right? So, um, trying to protect myself from spoilers, right? I unfortunately stumbled across a spoiler myself, gentlemen, mm-hmm. and it was from an avenue that I don't think anyone could have predicted. Yeah, please, please tell the this story. Was the most, the most random. Okay, so here's what happened, right? So I was, I was. <laughs> So I was on uh, PlayStation Trophy Room, right, uh, last week, and we were talking about, uh, you know, the the heritage of PlayStation, the culture of PlayStation. I'm like, damn, you know, PlayStation does have, like, a really deep, enriched history, you know? I knew that before, but, like, I just don't really think about it that much, right? So I'm like, man, I'm in the mood to, <laughs> to see and encapsulate uh, like, the heritage of PlayStation. Um, so I went to my good old Vita. And booted up one PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Right? Oh no! So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went right. I booted up a solo play against some AIs, right? Some usuals. I'm thinking, okay, I, I might use Kratos. I might use my boy Cole McGrath. You know, maybe my boy Ratchet and Clank. You know. Then I stumbled across uh, this like cyborg ninja looking character. I'm like, hold up. He looks kind of cool. I was not thinking Metal Gear at this point at all. Go over. It says Raiden. So my assumption. Now, granted, I don't know. But my assumption now is that as far as I'm aware, a lot of wild things happen in Metal Gear Solid 2. One of them not being that Raiden turned into a cyborg ninja. Right? I think I can say that with absolute certainty. So I'm assuming 
that this version of Raiden is leading Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Um, can I say something? Yes. Uh, Raiden is a code name, and code names get passed down. Also true. Also true. Mm-hmm. Also true. So, hmm. that's also a good point that I had not thought of until just now. So, thank you for that, Omar. But yeah, I have been compromised. I'd say slightly. I don't think it's that big of a deal, to be honest. I think the integrity still stands. I just lost a little leaf, you know? Mm-hmm. It's I, all right. Why were you playing All-Stars Battle Royale? <laughs> <laughs> that's a real question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Omar. I just, I just, I just, I saw you it on my right? Vita, you know? I kind of wanted to play it, you know? Like, you know? Listen, I might, I might go through that campaign. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh... I'm I'm sorry that happened, but like Omar said, you don't know. The series has also dealt That's with true. clones. We don't know what could happen there, Kevin. So we'll we'll see. It could just I be. Mean, Raiden is also a character in um, Mortal Kombat, so maybe it's just a different franchise. You don't even know that either. I mean, it it definitely looked like a cyborg. I mean, perhaps Sector uh, in Mortal Kombat the cyborg. Cyrax. <laughs> yeah. Rex. Yeah. oh man yeah um so another thing that is pretty heavy this week with the progression and i guess the unique thing about metal gear solid 3 is the press r1 stuff which i i fucking nice ladies and gentlemen we got this so much listen we gotta come back to the to the horny committee Mm-hmm. Um, we took a little break in MGS two. Yeah. Not, not, not a lot of horniness. It's back with a vengeance. Yeah, I would say the worst it's been. Sure, before <laughs> the, worst, the worst it's been. Before we talk about just how stupid the press R one in cutscene thing is, because it just, like outside it's of the content dumb. mechanically, I think it's very dumb. But the one time it's been cool so far, I think was in that scene with the boss. You have an opportunity to hit R one and they they give you like three seconds to do it so i got maybe like 15 frames of this cool thing but going through snake's perspective and looking up in the boss in the rain which he has him at gunpoint on the ground uh you see a ghostly spirit behind her i don't know mm-hmm. if anybody else went through r1 to do this but i thought that was pretty neat let's open let's open open up another conspiracy Please, um Kevin. i i think i know who this is now, this doesn't make any sense yet, but you know what? Me and Kojima, I think I really understand this man already. You know, yes. I, I think I might understand him. I think that's my boy Otacon in the cloaking technology. Does that make sense? Absolutely not. But somehow it's going to make sense, okay? Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> that's that's my bet. What does everyone else think? Let me know. Looks very different than Otacon, I'll tell you what. Yeah, Kevin sees a white guy in glasses. <laughs> I want to look... <laughs> I want to I want to look at it again but I'm afraid to google thing. You know what? Let, let me not do that. Um I mean has there been ghosts in the Metal Gear franchise as of yet? I don't think so. Hmm. Um, Psychomantis deals with like hallucinations and stuff, but that's really it. True. 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 Uh there's a Metal Gear Solid Game Boy game all about ghosts, I think. Yeah, I played it. Mm-hmm. Ghost yeah. Pebble. Well, it's a ghost that just babbles on and on and on. Um, wow. <laughs> the best boss yet. Yeah. Um, so, 
I guess like okay. oh, go ahead, Omar. That that guy in that R one scene mm-hmm. that you saw also showed up on the bridge in the past, last episode uh, behind the boss. Yes. Huh. Yeah. So, I I wonder, Kevin, before you put that note on the shelf, uh, because you're saying that this is Otacon, um. I, like, half-believe it, but honestly, the last time I half-believed something, it was the whole arm thing. So, who knows, man? Who knows? Right. So, my question, then, is, again, because Otacon should not be even born yet, because this right. is 1964, what are yes. you feeling about Snake? Naked Snake? Do you, are, are you still thinking it's maybe David Solid Snake? Like, what's up here? Have you progressed any further? Yeah, um, I still... Um see like uh, it, it it's it's this one's a, this one's difficult right because I I'm I'm almost certain there's no way it's snake from MGS1 that's just the timeline doesn't make sense that's just impossible right right um so I really do think like this is the rise of big boss you know that's just where I'm still on I think that would make I think the most sense and also would explain like why his personality is so different granted it could be different because after this he'll change into how we know snake as if it is the true snake um but i still think this is big boss still personally sure i think all right just want to check in with you because i know that was a big topic for uh, last week's episode yeah um there was one other thing I wanted to shout out about this boss cutscene, and then we can move on unless anybody else has any other notes here. But uh, I, I thought this was kind of neat. Again, just like a stupid detail that probably has a lot of meaning behind it, but I didn't think too long. Whenever it was like a close up, or like if the character was center frame when they were going through the boss and Snake's conversation, the raindrops had like reflections of their faces. I did notice that. What do you make of it, Jack? Uh, I honestly... <laughs> I thought it was like a glitch or something. <laughs> um, I thought like Digital Foundry would go back and be like, yeah, there's this weird like artifacting thing with all the raindrops. You can see like multiple words. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. That's that's generally like my... That was my take on it. Because I only saw it for like a hot second, like once. Yeah, they had to and be in the like, right that spot. Was weird. Right. Um, so that was my that was my like first blush of that, but there probably is something more to it, of course. But that's what I thought. Is it? I, I didn't notice this. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, what, I also what, didn't what, either. What was it? It was like the raindrops. So looked like faces. Is that what you said? Yeah. So like, I think it was after I saw that specter. I saw like the raindrops that were like falling on the camera lens. I was like, they look like faces. Am I seeing something? And then like. It kept going, and I was like, there's definitely some sort of face that looks sort of haunting here. And then it was a different face when it was on the boss, and the longer I was looking, I was like, oh, it's... When it shows the boss, it's the boss's face in the, the rain, and then when it shows Snake, it's Snake's face. It it looked like the effect where... <laughs> we'll get to it later, but, like, if you're... You see, like, the movie perspective of, like, a bee's eyes, and there's, like, multiple different versions. Yeah. It's, like, that toned down way more. Like, on the right side of them, you see, like, little reflections of the character you're looking at through the raindrops which makes no sense but of course this is a video game go with me i think it is 
a commentary on the sadness that both these characters who have a history feel it's them showing their emotion through the environment artistically it is mm. the rain is their teardrops they're shedding for each other friends turned enemies mm. Mm. is this the inspiration for taylor swift's teardrops on my guitar uh probably taylor swift song. i was gonna ask is this uh tied to uh the seminal weekend song tears in the rain right mm. where that song is like you know tears don't even matter really amongst the rain because it's it, it's all the same right sure so perhaps the sadness is just all the same you know omar you got that blade runner quote on top of your head uh like tears in the rain I, I don't. I don't have the rest. Was it before? Or after? <laughs> it's like, it, isn't it like? Isn't it like memories fade like tears in the rain? Something like that. Sounds right. Yeah, sure. Uh, maybe that's what it was. Kojima just wanted to reference Blade Runner. <laughs> Kojima referencing I, movies? What? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I do think Jack's probably the most probably likely the outcome where it's like some weird engine thing where the. Tier, not Taylor Swift. Not Taylor Swift. Like the, probably not Taylor Swift. But like the like raindrops are, you know, have some sort of like mirroring factor in the code, whatever, and they're mirroring whatever they're in front of. I don't know. Like that it looked that wrong. Probably makes it, yeah, it looked that, wrong. Yeah, that, that probably makes the most sense. Yeah, Watching a bunch of digital foundry videos for the past like six months, to be honest. Yeah, because at first I really I thought it was more I thought it was the Spectre's face. I thought it was like just more of that to mm. like just sort of have some sort of thing, but I was like, oh no, it's it's definitely not. Um Omar, is there anything else that stood out to you in this interaction with the boss before we move on to finding Adam? Not really, other than the fact I liked how it looked a lot, and I think when the boss does do that gun shit, I mm-hmm. think it's awesome, but that's kind of it. Yeah, I, I think this, like, the combat here, the CQC camera work, I think, looked the best here than anything from last week. Jack, do you feel the same way? Uh- it, to me it still feels slow like they can't quite get it it's like they're they're masking the actual action we're seeing with quick sound mm-hmm. and some funky cutting sure. and it just like it's it, they're trying to go like oh they're, they're doing this in like fractions of seconds mm-hmm. and it just doesn't it doesn't add up visually and it's yeah they're not quite there they're sure. not quite there sure um so after the boss dips out we get new orders from Major Zero, who is the new code name for Major Tom. Uh, we have to go back to the factory where Sokolov was to meet up with a former NSA uh, translator who defected to work for Russia, who is now defecting to help the US. There are two of them, Adam and Eva. Uh, we have to go meet Eva at, or sorry, no, we have to, <laughs> we have to go meet Adam. <laughs> <laughs> at this uh this factory so kevin uh starting up once again with uh gameplay here what was it like realizing that you were in the exact same environment as you were for the virtuous mission I, I was like wait a minute i've been here but it's dark i was like wait like is this yeah i i i don't know if i missed him saying that we're going back to that same place that's my likely guess i, I like think I I think I just missed him saying that, but I did not think that we were going back to the same location. Like I thought we were going to another place. I thought we were in an in like another part of the world entirely on this mission, to be honest. Like that's what 
I personally thought because it was like okay we're going into like that first phase of that whole map right before you get to the bridge uh part and um I'm like okay like maybe some reused assets it's cool it happens maybe some reused environments it's fine you know not a big deal but then they get to the bridge I'm like wait no this is this is the same place this has to be the same place so I was yeah that was kind of weird um and like I don't know if that was yeah I don't know I mean if like we if we were told that's where we're we're meeting Adam then okay I guess I don't know how uh Snake was able to get past these guards a second time in the same location, the same exact route, the same way. You know, that kind of took me out a little bit, but yeah. Sure. I think I just forgot or just missed that we were going to the same location. Was that even, like, clearly said? Did you guys know that, too? Um, I forgot that you do this in this section, but it makes sense because essentially the virtuous mis mission, like, fails, and the Russians still have Sokolov, like, at that nearby facility so this is essentially just like kind of a redo of of that mission uh with right. some extra um tasks for snake so it makes sense but it's definitely very repetitive like when you like what kevin said when you get to the bridge it's like fuck <laughs> i don't want to do this i don't want to have to cross <laughs> this bridge again um i'm glad it's only like a few minutes of your time but you do you you do spend like a significant portion when you realize, like, oh man, I have to go to this abandoned facility again that wasn't interesting in the first place, and now I have to do it again, so it is somewhat annoying. So, Jack, I'm wondering then, because I know with Metal Gear Solid 2, you also um, weren't a fan of the start and stop sort of design they had with the tanker and then Big Shell, where it's, I think it's slightly different here, because, like, you're resetting in a different way, but from a design standpoint like i i think i'm with you here more than i was with metal gear solid 2 because like i think there's something that could be interesting about revisiting this specific location but doing it immediately after i felt like nothing i was like oh okay i guess i know where i'm supposed to go this time but like it was still yeah. sort of going through the motions yeah. and aside from making it nighttime there's there aren't too many like aesthetic differences or practical differences it's largely the same mm -hmm. place i think it's even like you gotta go to the same exact room to meet eva right yeah mm -hmm. yeah which is kind of bizarre yeah yeah very weird yeah. uh after that cutscene with the boss and the guards showed up i was kind of disoriented and i ended up going back to the alligator swamp um <laughs> and while i was over there i was like oh i have less equipment on me now um i think i got a gun from like the left spot in the virtuous mission mm -hmm. So I went to go look over there. Uh, there was nothing, unfortunately. But there was a one of the little uh, frog statues. I don't know if anybody else has seen them so far. I, I've been seeing a few of those. What do you do? You crouch over them? Do you shoot them? What's the deal? So I found another one um, before the ocelot encounter later on in this episode, and I shot it, and then it just started riveting, and I got a trophy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I should do that. Does um, it ribbit or does it go like does it do the caro caro thing? I think it's a, a mix of both. It's okay. definitely like a cartoon frog voice. So I think it does the caro thing, but I don't. It, it's not like a sound bite somebody recorded in like uh, the bush gardens of something of a frog. I like <laughs> it's definitely yeah. a, a a designed sound. Um, Wait, caro caro. That is what Japanese is that? for frog, I believe, Kevin. Oh, okay. 
I'm sorry. I'm very uncultured in that region. Sorry about that. My bad. Okay. Were you thinking of Cara Cara Bonito? I was going to say. Thinking, like, <laughs> I was like, is there some sort of like obscure thing that I missed in my childhood? I don't know. Okay. Gotcha. Cara Cara Bonito uh, did the uh, theme song for Bug Snacks. Mm. Certified banger. Bug Snacks is a banger. Shout out to that. Yeah. Um, so we get to the warehouse and it's empty. Uh, very strange omar like you said i was like looking around i was like is somebody here and i was like i guess i can go look in the room and see if there's any cool like items and then i stumbled into the cutscene on my way out i was like oh okay (laughs) just kind of strange but we don't get met by adam we are met by eva a (laughs) jack it's funny you mentioned taylor swift earlier because i wrote down eva looks like taylor swift (laughs) yeah i get that like a ps2 model of her it's very strange sure. mm-hmm. um and immediately r1 to look at boobs time sucks like there was a level of like cool horniness with snake in the first metal gear right where it's like yeah it's 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 pretty apparent but it's done verbally i feel like it's done in um well inappropriate absolutely right I feel like it's done in a very personal way that adds a little flair that tells a lot about Snake and his personality. You know, like, while not being the greatest things to say and the greatest things to do in the given scenario that they were in, right? Mm-hmm. I still think that overall, like, it was it was a tolerable amount of horniness. This right here it went over that line, like, 50 feet, you know? Like, this almost was, like... I really hate it. Yeah. Like, it really just took me out, you know? It's like, come, like, I don't know. You know, th- this one didn't work for me at all. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, like, yeah. And then it doesn't stop. Yeah, you get, like, eight <laughs> options to do it. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's kind of like what you said, Omar, last week. Like, Naked Snake kind of sucks. <laughs> like, I just don't like yeah. him, really. Especially, like, all of us were really hot on Raiden, you know? I think... I genuinely, I feel like Raiden might be my favorite character so far. Obviously, I love Solid Snake, but like Raiden was just such a good protagonist. Um, and whether or not this is like intentional to just make Naked Snake seem more like an ass, I, it still was very jarring. Um, did anybody uh, actually? So I'm assuming we all just like we hit, clicked R1 to like see what would happen, right? Yeah, you had to look. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yes. But, like, yeah. d- you're curious about what Kojima wants to do, I guess. But, uh. Yeah. Did anybody yeah. hold it down for the entire length they let you? I think so. Because. No? It's like. I don't think I did. I, I would do, like, on and off to be like, is is anything changing? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. Yeah. So I did to see what would happen. Because I was like, there's probably a trophy tied to this or something. Um. It goes <laughs> on for, like, another three seconds after she stops talking. There's silence. And then you just hear Snake, like. Mm. and that's it um, uh, Naked Snake is the fucking worst I'm like actively like disliking playing as him yeah me too at this point like yeah. Th- with that I think that was pur- purposeful for his character mm-hmm. to just show that he's kind of a scumbag um, and along with the anytime I save or talk to a paramedic he's like always very hostile with her um and is very dismissive of her her movie takes and i'm like i want to hear about the fucking day there it stood still 
and shit like that. And he is very much uh, like dismissive of her, and I really don't like it. He is not a likable character so far. Um, I don't think he hasn't done anything aside from uh, the Eva stuff that's like too overtly like, wow, he's actually a piece of shit. But I just get the sense from him um, in like the small interactions with people on the codec that he's just kind of a, an asshole. And it's yeah. it's unfortunate because like what you said, Christian, it was so nice to play as like two likable characters and the first two Metal Gear games that I'm just not feeling Naked Snake. Mm-hmm. So like Omar, I'm wondering if you feel this way, but to me, it is so 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 clear that even in a weird way, because I know you talked about this last week with the voice cast and all of this stuff, and I think Jack mentioned the Kurt Russell thing, but like it really feels like such a different character despite being the exact same model basically of snake and being the same voice actor to, to me it truly just feels like a different person i, I don't know uh, if you feel the same way yeah no it does i mean he also talks way less than snake does mm-hmm. which um i never noticed that before to be honest but yeah there's definitely a, a difference in the character portrayal uh do you mind if i talk about this cutscene a little more yeah go for uh, it. i think I feel like this cutscene in a lot of ways like illustrates Snake as like a twelve year old boy with the with the horniness and then like how he's geeking out about that gun. Yeah. It's mm. it's weird. But I almost still don't feel like it's Kojima illustrating to us that Snake is a scumbag. I feel like this is just Kojima being horny. Or mm. he's giving the gamers a treat, maybe. I don't know what he's thinking. Like I feel like this is where I always get upset when people treat uh, the guy as like an auteur, I guess, because he does this stuff after this is where it started. But I feel like the later games and uh, some other stuff he's done afterward, it, it just this was the beginning of the end, I feel like, of <laughs> Kojima and this horny thing. Like, uh, I don't know. Have, have you ever seen that tweet Kojima made where he's got like two sunny side up eggs on his plate? And he said uh, he tweeted a picture of it. And the caption is, if you shake the plate, the boobs jiggle. No, I haven't seen that. That's a He's, real tweet. That's a real tweet from Kojima. <laughs> like, I don't oh. know if you've ever seen Quiet, Kevin. I won't go into it. Yeah, but, that was a big yeah, thing. Yeah, like, Quiet? There's Quiet, and then, man, Metal Gear Solid 4's got some crazy shit, too. Like, okay, mm. sorry, Kevin. Not to get too future spoiler here, but, like... No, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Go ahead. This shit, I feel like it comes out of nowhere after the Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> Yeah, like, it, it definitely doesn't get better. You're yeah, right. no. So it gets worse. I yeah, I doubles, or, like doubles down, triples down. Yeah, no like way. the idea. Holy I, shit! I think Omar, you've mentioned to me like off recording also about this game change sort of the direction of some things, and like I think you can pin it to the moment. The second she shows up, does some super cool thing on the motorcycle, and then just unzips her like uniform it's like okay the things have changed <laughs> like and kevin i don't even think and we we don't have to talk about it much more because i know you don't want to know much but like i i think it's for memory it's less so in like an overt dialogue way and more in like kind of subtle is not the right word but like just things that exist and they just don't like talk about it you know it's right. like this is just okay. how that exists in this world and it's like kind of gross that it like there's no character that's like you know like really doubling down but like being super flirtatious from memory moving forward like snake was or even like 
snake in this game is but there are some like eva as a character design wise is sort of what we toil on towards with later things interesting it's just yeah. really interesting because like when i think to like my first game by him death stranding there was a female character where she showed she showed absolutely no skin right because of uh uh timefall right mm-hmm. like and that last up so like it's just weird to see like a pretty much direct opposite of how like not that about like not necessarily even how he's portraying them from like a written level but just on like a physical appearance level mm-hmm. right like it doesn't make sense for her to unzip that like that why like like it, it didn't make any sense you know yeah. um but but yeah like yeah i just think it's weird yeah and then like to even like go back a little bit on snake like i just feel like i'm watching like a cgi version of snake you know where like there's just some writer that like just didn't really get snake but heard like some some quick spark notes yeah like yeah okay like these are his personality traits and then he's kind of emphasizing a lot of them that really aren't usually that emphasized and downplaying a lot of other things that should be emphasized um i mean yeah like yeah that's 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 kind of where i'm at yeah so i I, i'm in the same boat i'm not i'm not feeling this snake either to be honest i but i think for the sake of the rest of the should we like just really draw the line about this snake jack and omar do you like do you think we should just like talk about like should are you asking should we say it yeah like because I think it's, I think so. I think you're going to be better, Kevin. This is not Salt Snake. It's not. It's not him at all. Because the thing is, like, the game essentially tells you that. Yeah, I know it tells you that, but like, are y'all fucking? No, but I, I swear, <laughs> I know you're fucking with the arm. This is. I swear to God, I think for your enjoyment of this game, this is not Salt Snake. Yeah, okay. Kevin, you said something that broke my heart last week. I think where you said something like, uh, "If Metal Gear is Kojima just fucking with us." I don't know if I will like it at the end of this. So I feel like if we tell you, if we just confirm this for you, maybe. No, yeah. <laughs> this like, will help. I don't know. Yeah. No, and like, ultimately, like, I was more and have been more on the side of like, I don't think that this is all. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's not. Like, it's pretty yeah, clear. Right. It's, it, it, it just can't be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, your, so, all your options were open at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Damn. Yeah. So who the hell is this guy? Yeah, well, so I know, I know, y'all don't tell me, but yeah, right. Whatever. But I, <laughs> like, it's very clear, like, you know, Snake exists at Solid Snake as we know him exists, yes, as a clone, but so is Liquid, and they're very different, you know, from right. each other. So, like, if there are other versions of Snake, even Solid, it's like, there's the I forget what the psych thing was, but like, nurture nature, like, there's in the genes there's certain things that yes they'll be apparent but like solid snake went on all of his journeys to like make him the person he is when we see him in Metal Gear solid one and two he's very solid snake seems like a good guy right like he's done some bad things but he genuinely seems like somebody who's like kind of cool he's a bit horny but yeah yeah sorry like otherwise he's very cool i think uh like just a Metal Gear Solid one, a little too suggestive sometimes, but when he gives a speech, it's usually like, oh yeah, he cares about us. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. And I think yeah. he tones it down in two, for sure. Absolutely, uh, yeah. No, you're right. 
but yeah. and it's also written not that it makes it any better but it's written as it, it as like a back and forth between multiple characters like it's not snake being like gross to someone and it's not reciprocated it is no. like naomi's saying stuff back to him and it is like a sort of back and forth um and kojima has never written woman well at all mm-hmm. um and that was apparent in one and two but i think it this is and like the representation of them is much more distracting in metal gear solid 3 like you can play through one and two and be like there's some bad issues uh in terms of the represent representation here but as a greater whole those games are very solid but it's like incredibly distracting with like the player like you like with male gaze and like hitting actually hitting r1 and like being a participant in that it's like ugh, it's really gross yeah uh if if i can bring up death stranding too uh yeah. not i won't get too into it because jack you haven't played it but like even that one instance you mentioned kind of been about like the the time fall yeah. uh woman like i think there's one scene yeah do you remember that one it's a flashback yeah okay of like yeah. why she okay yeah, yeah. yep okay i hear you and yeah. then also there's a character in that game named mama yes that like i feel like a bit of her backstory there is like that she is a mom and sometimes right. i feel like kojima is just when he writes woman it very much is like okay she's a lady <laughs> like yeah right right and like not yeah like i wasn't like saying like it was perfect in that training no, i'm just saying like from like yeah from like a physical appearance right like yeah as my first game by him right right it didn't seem like that was a trend that i'd be walking into mm-hmm. from like seeing females in his games from like an aesthetic standpoint alone sure you know what i'm saying yeah and yeah i think it's also worth bringing up like i i think i i don't have experience with the series but from everything i hear about it like it's sort of like the bar for having like a sexualized lead with bayonetta like there's a way to do it right and there's a way to do it where like the characters in their own power and like has ownership over that and then everything with eva in this so far is super not that so jack i think like you mentioned it really is like kojima and like the male gaze and all that stuff which is it it really i it was i did not have a great time playing this this week and i think it's just because this happened so early and like it bummed me out man because like what we've been talking about with Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2, like, it was tolerable, and it's, like, you can chalk it up to whatever you want to of, like, not aging super well, but because, like, I think so many people hold Snake Eater very highly, it's just been, like, a, a looming cloud for me, and I just don't feel great about it. It was that, coupled with the the cutscene we get immediately after this, where I was like, ugh, this has gone too far. Um, where it's like she's doing like flips on like a motorcycle Mm -hmm. and there's just like it it just i feel like this is the the cutscene instead of cutscenes that i was like oh man i think metal gear might have jumped the shark at this point like uh like obviously we've seen so much like ridiculous shit but it's it feels very grounded in metal gear but i was like the the pistol um twirling of like of the ocelot character and then with eva it's just like 
what is th- what was that like 10 minutes of cutscenes like that was too much i yeah, think like so, no omar please, you mentioned but... earlier like about the um the editing during that boss cutscene being a little weird that ocelot one is like nuts in terms of like the jump cuts and like the yeah just showing you the weird action just because i don't know it, it, it's not great it's not great uh sorry, it, it felt like oh, they were trying to okay. show off but it, it didn't look good enough to show off, you know? No, I feel like this game is it's, just, like, It's fan lame. service, right? Like, oh, mm. sure. Uh, like, it just always comes across kind of lame. What was that question? Like, like, when that Ocelot... Because the Ocelot twirling, like, I like the idea of Ocelot in this game, right? I, I, I've had a lot of interest with that character so far. But, like, in episode one of Metal Gear Solid 1... For this podcast, we talked about how cool it was that Ocelot did his little twirly thing, right? And then I think Kojima heard that and was like, okay, they're going to love this. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> Look, uh, I'm not going to lie. I still kind of like the twirly a little bit. <laughs> I, I like, like, No, I do like, too. I just think they like cranked it up it. super high. Yeah, it is cranked up to another level. That's like, it doesn't really need to be, but I still fuck with it. I even like the little like tidbit where, um, you know, he like, he is ending his twirls and the and the gun's holder handle, I guess you say handle, is like the wrong way on the holster mm. and he twists it back to kind of show like he's still somewhat new to this. So yeah. like, I, I thought that was a cool way to show that. Um and, and also go ahead. Oh, sorry, no, but also like another thing too, the motorcycle thing didn't bother me that much. I know it should. On paper, I know it should. But it just reminds me of uh of uh um of uh of cloud Final fantasy 7 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so i was like i thought that too yeah so yeah i was like oh man yeah th- there was a part where <laughs> this is like later on where ocelot's like doing his twirlies i made the the critical metal gear solid mistake of not using the bathroom before a cutscene, and i was like i gotta go so i kept my headphones on mm-hmm. and i went to the bathroom and i was like still listening and I was like, no fucking way is this dude still twirling his fucking guns. It was like a minute. I was like, what What are you doing with these things? So two things I wanted to throw in there too. Like the motorcycle thing d- didn't bother me personally because we are used to just these ridiculous things. I think the thing that bothers me more is the game's tone is just super inconsistent um in a way that one and two like everything kind of makes sense in the way they present it but here it's bouncing all over the place but again i do really like ocelot so far because another small thing i like that every time he shows up he has a different gun because like snake keeps criticizing him i think that's really yeah. funny yeah he's so like insecure i yeah. fucking love it it's, it's so funny yeah yeah um yeah like i think the overall like a statement i said like a few weeks ago i think still definitely stands true especially the more i play this game where it's like metal gear is like almost stupid like just like on its door like almost being just completely stupid you know but then it's like they say something really deep and it's like hold on okay you're not that stupid but like you're almost stupid mm-hmm. you know but like yeah. i feel like that tone switching is almost like uh, a strength the metal gear solid one and two right like mm. it seamlessly does it and it's it's always funny when it wants to be and it's like uh sad when it wants to be like it, it's yeah. impressive but in this one it, it definitely just feels like just goofy shit the whole time and i never really buy into any of the drama i guess so far i know we're like almost halfway through this game or however 
much we're at, but um, definitely this is m- the weakest Metal Gear so far, for sure. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. At least for me, right now, you know? So, like, I'd be shocked if people say that, that like, this is their favorite MGS3, because I'm waiting to see how it's a lot of people's favorites if yeah. it ends up being it. Like, I'm really interested to see if this game ends up being the third slot where it is right now for me up to like the first slot i'd be shocked if it ever ascends to that i and like i have a feeling i don't know if it will you know i have a feeling i don't know if it will you know i think it's really important to consider the the reception of metal gear solid 2 with Mm -hmm. this game yeah where it is like this game is tons and tons of fan service and metal gear solid 2 was not that and people hated it yeah. and i think i personally when i hear someone's favorite metal gear solid game is three i think um, this maybe this this might be unfair but i think they're probably a metal gear solid 2 hater mm. and that's why they're such a big fan of three I, but i don't know i love that we compared metal gear solid 2 to one of the greatest movies in the last decade star wars God episode eight, the last jedi because i think this is a very similar scenario where eight or two did some things that were very impressive and very bold and then the follow-up was very reactionary so like kevin i think also because we made this comparison a lot um imagine if like uh the last of us part three right was a prequel about joel yeah that's <laughs> yeah that's not uh yeah not like and i think Dude, now that you bring up that last Jedi thing, um, I don't want to start a whole discussion about last Jedi because let's just right, not, right, right. But uh, isn't well known that I don't really enjoy that movie, yeah, right. But also, at the same tone, looking at the entire trilogy of that was, I wish they just doubled down on what they did with Episode Eight mm-hmm. and just made it a bit cohesive, right? Um, because you know, like. Episode 9, like, quote-unquote, like, tried to, quote-unquote, fix the things that Episode 8 broke, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I feel like it was a worse movie for that, you know? Yeah. When I feel like it just would have been better if they just doubled down on that and just, hey, this is this is a part of the lore. Let's just keep it going, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I feel like MGS3, the way you guys are talking about it, how, like, it's a reactionary to the way MGS2 was received maybe it might have been better if they just doubled down on just the things that were laid out in MGS2 in a way that maybe would have been better. You know what I'm saying? Like, does that parallel, like, uh, does that apply here or is that not really, or maybe it does tie in the MGS2 in a way that I'm just not seeing yet, you know? But I I think for listeners also i think it's important that we're having this conversation with this game because for the sake of kevin i think specifically your enjoyment of this game i think it is vital to understand the context of this the way that we thought it was super important for you to go into metal gear solid 2 knowing what people knew going into 2 right because i think yes yeah Personally, I think if you want, because I, I know how high you were on Metal Gear Solid 2, so I think if you want to enjoy 3, this is a conversation that should be had. Jack, do, yeah. you, do you think yeah. that, because I think from history of talking to you about this series, 
you put three high up. Like, I don't want to be down and on three all the time right now, but, like, is there anything you want to say in addition to what me and Omar brought up? Three was in, like, my top three. Okay. Um, two, two and... Yeah, before five, it was, like, two and four. Mm-hmm. I really liked. Um, But the more I'm playing this, and, like, I think similar to how you guys probably felt after finishing this section, I was like, hmm, I'm not really sure about this one. Like, the more I think about it, like, I, I know that the game, obviously, like most Metal Gear games, picks up towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I think about it, I'm like, what is this game trying to say that other things haven't already said before? Like, Metal Gear Solid 2 told such a unique story and had such specific themes that was very impressive for the time it came out in where like you jump from that to metal gear solid 3 it's like i don't i'm not really sure what this game is trying to convey that is so wholly unique from other uh properties that have taken place like during this time period so i'm looking out for that and i'm worried that i'm going to be disappointed because i do remember playing this back in the day and enjoying it for the mechanics and like the set pieces and the um story and i in terms of like where and when it takes place but coming off of metal gear solid 2 like ugh, i don't know i i also ha- have been having issues with the gameplay as well like i don't think this game tells you enough mm-hmm. like i didn't realize that you have to use the d-pad to sneak up on people mm. and that caused me a lot of issues until i, I realized I that, that. At the very end. i did yeah because i was trying to sneak up on people just with how you would normally do and like metal gear solid 2 you just use the stick to lightly tap it and then you go up on some dude i just realized every time i was doing that they would notice me and then i was like why can't you do that in this game but yeah you have to use the d-pad which another thing this game's fucking way too cumbersome like i realized last week like it's so close Mm -hmm. to being that third person action but it just there it requires so many different button presses and inputs that it's it's proximity to greatness is what makes it so stand out as like frustrating and it yeah it's a little frustrating another thing too i know i'm kind of jumping ahead but when you get to the cave section you're able to pick up a torch right yeah so in old so in old metal gear games everything you pick up is on the l2 and r2 menus like it's it's once you pick it up, it's there. You can scroll to it, equip it. It's all good. I didn't. I just did not realize that in this game, there's a max inventory cap on both the L2 and the R2 menus that you have to go into your menu and then assign them onto that quick L2 R2 menu. Which I'm like, why? Why for for a game I that, that says was odd. yeah. For, for a game that says press the action button and is, like, not afraid to actually, like, break the fourth wall and tell players what to do, it's weird that there are some aspects of the, the mechanics of this game that this game doesn't tell you. And I think Omar said this with Metal Gear Solid 1, where those games were made at the time where user manuals were, like, the norm, and you were kind of expected to read through that before you play the game. Um... We're, I'm coming at this from the perspective of not reading manuals. I haven't read a manual since fucking 2002. Yeah, straight uh, up. So, straight up. Yeah. so I think a lot of that is hidden in there, and I think that goes to the, this game's detriment, personally. Yeah. Then, like, I guess I can't really die for that. 
but that wasn't really the at least i feel like it wasn't the intent for players to read the manual besides finding like the codec in the very early hours of like mgs1 but like the game told you pretty much what you had to press where you had to press you know and like how to do things as opposed to this game where i feel like i'm kind of just like left to just fend for myself you know sure so and i Another thing I've noticed too, like mechanically, uh, I Jack, I think you last week brought up, and Omar did as well, the idea that crouch walking, it like, I that would fix so many issues I have with just the way the game 100%. feels. But I fucking hate it. Uh, I, I know I brought it up last week because I, I did it for like a second, but I I tried more of the session this week playing with that original camera i kind of think it works better like it doesn't work in every environment because you, you're kind of locked off on like how much you can see and take in um but i kind of think that this game at least going back to it after playing one and two if it was top down still i kind of think it would just be a little more clean and like not as cumbersome fully but because like it's not a complete fix because the game isn't sort of doesn't feel like it's designed for that so it doesn't work in every scenario like i said but i definitely found myself uh kind of having less things to worry about when i like toggle on that top down when it's top down do you see every enemy like in your one screen section or does the camera scroll like if that makes sense like is it section camera spots It, it follows snake Okay. It's not oh, screens. Oh, okay. I, I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, first I was like, wait, what? Omar, but now I got it. They do <laughs> let you, uh, like, this will probably only make sense to Omar, but you know how, like, in 3D World, you can, like, sort of move the camera a little bit from the locked perspective? Yeah. They let you do that, so you can, like, move it a little bit more to see, like, what's a bit more ahead of you for some, you know, safety and what you're actually doing, but, yeah, I I, I do agree it's, it's kind of cumbersome. Um... I did want to go back to something you mentioned, Jack, about the narrative in terms of trying to struggle to see what the game is saying. And I I have a couple questions about this that I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on. Um, I It feels like they're doubling down on the main idea of this game being something that was like an undercurrent of Metal Gear Solid and MGS2, where it's like, who should you trust? Is it smart to pledge allegiance to a country? Like, those are underlying messages of Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2, and I feel like they're handled in a more interesting way there. Here, that's kind of the point, and a lot of, I think, their message rests on their characters in this game and your attachment to them. Clearly, none of us are really attached to Naked Snake, but I, I wonder... I'd like to hear from everybody, like, Kevin, starting with you, do you feel an attachment to this cast in any way? No. And that's something that I haven't really even thought about till you just said. Right, yeah, like, I, yeah, and, like, I, I, damn. Yeah, no, I don't really care about anyone here right now, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, Yeah, no, no, yeah. That's 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 a weird change, yeah. Because like I had a somewhat care for Snake, you know. He, we we see like a human side with him, with uh, 
with um uh Meryl. I almost said Marlene. Uh, with her and the way him and Adakan become bros, like it's it's you 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 see that human side of him. Um, MGS two obviously it's Raiden for the most part, a little bit of Snake in there as well towards the end, but mainly it's Raiden and like how he interacts with everyone in the cast. But here it's like nah, I, I don't think that I have anyone that like I really like am even necessarily like brooding for. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's odd. Yeah, Jack, what about you? I, I I'm wondering if this is where you're going. Like, do you think that might be per- like purposeful? Like, you're not really supposed to like anyone in this game because of that message of don't trust anyone. Uh, that sort of thing. Is that where sort of you're going? I actually uh, was not, but I think that's an interesting point. Where if you look at Metal Gear Solid 2 and the way I think it's much more intentional in two, where it's like commenting on the player's relationship with Raiden and their relationship with the game and everything like that. So I, I could hear like a case, I think you might be onto something with looking at this cast that has a bunch of baggage associated to all of them and you're not supposed to, maybe you're not supposed to like them because they don't know if they're supposed to like each other. So I think that could be interesting, but I, I think in terms of telling a, such a basic story about loyalty, I don't know how effective that is if you don't care about anybody, you know? Yeah, also, like, I don't want to give credit to them, even if it is purposeful, because I don't know, like what you said, I don't know if it's effective, and I don't know if it's any good, because you don't want to walk out of an experience with really any piece of medium not liking the characters all that much, like... Even if you are intended to dislike um, characters like when, like Reservoir Dogs, like you're not really supposed to like anyone in in there. They're all bad people. Breaking but by things. the end of that, yeah, exactly. But by the end of that, there there are like pieces of those characters where they do resonate in whatever like villainous, vile ways they do. There is an attachment you can have with those characters. Um, but I feel like yeah, so far with these characters, I don't particularly like anyone even with like even with paramedics like movie talk i think that's interesting but it's not necessarily you know like as thrilling or as inventive as any of the other characters we've seen sort of occupy um her space and with major zero like doesn't hold a candle to gamble you know so Mm -hmm. yeah i just i just haven't (laughs) felt attached to anyone so far you guys don't like zero i I feel i like zero. yeah maybe it's it's like he's just i don't know i'll admit it might just be his uh performance and accent that's doing it for me yeah but i think i think he sounds wonderful on the radio but the one thing i did like about him was paramedic brought up like she was like snake you ever seen 007 uh from russia with love and he's like no and then the major is like well or at least this year (laughs) and blah 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 and he's like he's like loves 007 obviously yeah. a nod to this game being that and yeah. paramedics like don't talk about that stop talking about it he's gonna go off yeah I, they sorry no, go ahead, go ahead. i was gonna go say I, I also love that at the beginning we saw this last week this cutscene, but like uh when we land and he's like so about major tom uh i based it off this movie where <laughs> like the great escape which is like kojima just want to talk about the great escape right but like 
He's like, yeah, I called myself Major Tom because they made three tunnels and Tom was the lucky one. I forgot it wasn't that one. That's Maybe that's why we fucked up. So now on, just call me Zero. That's what you called me this whole time. That's already a code name. Why complicate it? Like, just, just call me that. <laughs> so weird. I don't yeah. know if you guys struggled in those caves. Uh, sorry, Kevin. No, 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 it's okay. I don't know if you struggled in those caves like in terms of looking for a light. But you'll call if you call uh, Major Zero during that or whatever, he'll be like, uh, these damn Americans don't know how to fucking uh, make use of their shit or something. He doesn't say it like that. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he's, he, he calls out American soldiers saying they're not resourceful in their inventory. And I thought that was fun. As a evil British man, I thought that was cool. Also, if Snake has a cigar, that's what, that's what I presume did. He has that's a lighter. Yeah. yeah, that's what I tried Wait. to do, but like it didn't work. Oh, you just, you're just looking for a lighter for Snake to like go around the yeah, cave with. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Omar, I I guess it, it sounds like you're agreeing with all of us, but anything specifically that you want to say, like about your attachment to this cast? Yeah, um, I like paramedic, and I like Major Zero. Uh. Are they is are they better than Colonel and like Naomi? No, but I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Did anyone try calling Sigan in this episode? I was like, where did I get that number? Because <laughs> I don't remember him from last time. Was was did he show up last playthrough? So no, in the very well, I think in like as a yeah, like as you drop down, you know, back into this area, I think uh, mm-hmm. Major Zero tells you. Uh, Hey, uh, call Sigan if you need any help with uh, weapons and stuff. He's like Natasha, I guess, in this yeah. game. Yeah, from... gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, did you give him a call, anyone? No, I have not. Uh, I did during, like... It was either during the pain or Ocelot's fight. And he was just like, whoa, man, this is going to be tough. Or, like, nothing, like, very <laughs> so, helpful. And I was like, cool, appreciate that. I don't know if I'm, like, out of my lane here, but this is, like, a black character. And I feel like Kojima here uh, has him say, like, the first call you get from him is him going, yo, what's up, Snake? And I almost thought, like, is this Kojima, like, just almost a stereotype in some ways? I don't know. It seems no one else called him. <laughs> I, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he, so far, these games haven't portrayed, like, has it, haven't represented all groups of people in the way that they should be. Vulcan Raven. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Man, so, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think you're off base for saying that. I, a little bit, I caught up on that, and I was like, mm, I'm not sure about this one. I, I have to wonder also. This is my final thing I want to throw out there about the narrative, and then we can move on. But like, I wonder if, like, scaling back because this is earlier in the timeline because it's a kind of it's a different cast of characters really with the exception of like a couple like i wonder if that sort of very basic straightforward blunt good and bad people story would work better honestly if this was just called metal gear solid zero i've had that thought a few times of like don't act like this is the third game or a follow-up direct like uh, if you really set the stage and like this is a prequel, I think you can justify scaling back in all the ways we've talked about not vibing with of like super basic, not really much depth to the writing, like kind of 
weak characters and like we're chalking that up to or at least what i'm thinking of is like it's 1964 uh mgs1 and 2 are like the late 2000s with like a far future technology uh paranoia and that doesn't exist here so if you take that stuff out i think you can justify it if you frame it that way but this is and i think thinking of this from kevin's perspective i've been trying to do but like this being the follow-up to Metal Gear Solid 2, I think makes it worse on that level. 100%. 100%. Like, it... it, Like... Like, I really think just calling it not Metal Gear Solid 3 might give, for this conversation, playing it in 2021, I would probably be giving it more of a pass. I, I'm, like... I'm, like, waiting for that... The way I felt the second episode of Metal Gear Solid 2, mm-hmm. where it's like, who is this guy? Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? And my dude is like, oh shit, okay. Like, it's all coming together, like, okay, all right. I'm riding, I'm pretty sure that's Snake. I, like, yeah, like, I'm I'm kind of waiting for that. And I fear that I'm not gonna get that with this game. <laughs> like, like, I just, I just wanna feel like I care about what's going on. And I just don't care yet. You know, like, sure. kind like in a way, like that 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 sounded pretty harsh, but like I mean, I mean it's fair, I think. Yeah, like I just I just don't really even care yet, you know, and like I don't know if they've given me like a solid reason to care yet, you know. I just feel like I'm like this feels like a VR mission to me, you know, like this like feels just like a oh okay we're just doing this drill. You know, but nothing actually for real is going to happen, really. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Oh. That's just how I feel about it right now. Omar, yeah. what were you going to say? Um, I think on the point of Metal Gear Solid Zero, I feel like at the time of release, I would still probably be pretty disappointed if it was like three years after the fact. Sure. And it was like marketed as like the next big Metal Gear. But definitely at this point, probably it might be better for new players. Because, again, I, I think the conversation or... Uh, general opinion of Metal Gear Solid 2 has shifted so much in the recent years, mm-hmm. you know? But uh, I was going to bring up... I have a theory. It might be a bit ridiculous. Sure. But have you guys ever seen, like, um, uh, a foreign film and then the director comes and makes an English-speaking film? Yes. And it's like there's a difference where it almost seems like the English... Their English movie is more simple in writing than their previous like native speaking film like i'm thinking of like uh guillermo del toro del, sorry del toro in like uh pan's labyrinth to the shape of water yeah where mm-hmm. it feels like the writing in that in pan's labyrinth is uh i don't know more detailed that uh, has a little more depth to it uh but then you see shape of water and it's very much not subtle about its emotions it's in your face mm-hmm. and uh, I, I like shape of water i like it too, no, yeah, too yeah. i think i think it's great but i think it's um just the way it handles its uh, themes, it's a little a little more in your face about it, right? And yeah. um, my theory is, I think this, and I might have heard some of this too, where uh, I can't remember, so let me look at this up for the next episode, but like, I think in terms of the localization effort between Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and then 2, 3, I think this might have been Kojima being more hands-on with the writing, but I need to verify, but I don't know. It... It's definitely blunt in a way where it's kind of 
surprising, I guess. I, yeah, I feel the same way. And I, I think, because, like, in that comparison, I, I, I'm i with Jack also of, like, I, I think specifically with the comparison you made, Omar, like, I think both those works from, like, Del Toro are still good, right? The same way I think yeah. Metal Gear Solid 2, and, I like, I think Metal Gear Solid 3 is still good, you know? It's just, like, I, I, I think continuing as the third installment in the series you know and i can't imagine what people thought at the time if they were like is it just going to be a trilogy like i don't know I, I think there's really something about the way you tee up a third game and then this is what you're getting out of it right like and i think seeing it in context of the series is going to be very interesting moving forward but um yeah so far i i'm i feel the same way kevin did like i and I've, I'm revisiting this game, but I, I don't really have much of an attachment right now. I am. So. Um, so, I guess more directly with what happens after all the Eva stuff and Ocelot, uh, a female spy, um, we get a short little uh, sneaking section where we have to escape this hut. Uh, I just tracked everybody and then... Um, went on through like a corridor there's some interesting stuff with some electrical fences a couple new uniforms you can pick up i don't know if anybody has anyone they want to shout out raindrop i found yeah me too i got a zombie mask also whoa, whoa um, what <laughs> yeah i didn't put it on but i it was like face and then dash and then zombie i was like oh okay cool like cool. i don't know why i didn't i'll put it on and re pour it back to you guys next week but yeah no like i found a zombie mask by the um by the house where you get the whole eva and um ocelot scene mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. um yeah i found that uh there's brown face in this game too so oh boy. yeah cool you know <laughs> what was that i guess representation sure yeah, fuck it. we yeah. got it thanks kojima oh, hell yeah guys let's yeah. go oh man <laughs> uh but um uh, but yeah, no, no, um, just, I don't think I found any, like, other body camo, as far as I'm aware. I think I just got the zombie face, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, this week I picked up, um, Raindrop, like Jack said, and I also got, uh, Splitter, mm. uh, which is for, like, an urban setting, I think, and then I also got, um, like, a snow face paint. Mm. But, cool. cool. Yeah, I think Last I also got this. Last week, I think we said uh, we wouldn't be sure if the uh, the black face and black outfit that would be uh, useful in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, during the night scenes, it does actually give you some more camo, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, then you get a cutscene, and Snake <laughs> looks real dumb. <laughs> so I wouldn't use it if I were you. Yeah, uh, no. yeah. 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 Uh, as far as like the detail goes, though, I'll, I'll say this that i do think it's neat that whatever uh i don't know loadout you got for your your camo is consistent with the cutscenes right like it's cool that you can have the same face paint and uh actual body camouflage that you're wearing throughout the game and it changes so like that's nice it's a benefit of like in-engine cutscenes and stuff like that um the arkham games do that too right like or, yes, I think there's like uh, two cutscenes in Arkham Asylum and City that you can't have the cutscene with the suit, which is unfortunate. But Spider-Man definitely does that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a question. Sure. I need some advice. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say a joke, but I'm not going to. Uh, where? Because it sounded like a little bit more general. But where can I find like tranquilizers, uh, silencers? Because I'm running out. I've heard that you can like <laughs> hold people up, but I haven't successfully been able to do that. Like, are there any that I've been missing? Should I be keeping an eye out somewhere? Is that is listen, I don't even found any? I'd also like to know. Jack, listen, you two boys just gotta just give in to the dark side. Just very easy. The easy mm. gun is the way to go. I'm over here slaughtering, not slaughtering, because I'm putting them to sleep. You know. Yeah. So. It's. Yeah. It's funny uh, you say that, Kevin, because I have been going pacifist so far, but the final guy in this warehouse area was on the roof, and I climbed the ladder, and then I got the alarm, right? And I was like, ah, shit, this took me like 10 minutes. Uh, let me just CQC him. It'll knock him out. Uh, the kick sent him flying off the roof, and that was death, <laughs> and I was not going to reload a save. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to just kill people now. I'm not Sod Snake. I can murder people. It's fine. I sniped that dude with my trank from far away, and he was the, the last person, and I heard a thud, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> it, it, like, immediately it went to cutscene, and I was like, ah. Uh, <laughs> please be okay. I wanted to check up on him after, but they all disappeared mm -hmm. after that, so I'd be very upset if that uh, ruins my pacifist friend. Yeah. I you. I uh, you. I've just committed to it at this point. I Whatever gun is a silencer is the gun they get shot with. Sure. So. Is anyone else desperately missing cartwheels? I didn't think I would be missing them, but kind of, yeah. I always look for something to do, and I, it just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe snake feel, a roll. Uh, what was that? No, I was just like maybe you could just do a barrel roll, but yeah, uh, do a barrel roll. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know. I just feel really stiff in this game. You know, like yeah. even movement wise, which like I was not expecting because like. I felt very fluid with Raiden. Like, mm -hmm. like I feel like I could do a lot of mobility. I felt like I was, I was really getting a hand of like a much better handling character than MGS One, right? Like for sure. And like I'm not saying like this game is worse than like MGS One, but it feels closer to MGS One than MGS Two, and I did not expect that. You know. Um. Yeah, I can. I can hear that. One thing I want to bring up as well in terms of just the way we're thinking about the game moving forward is that we kind of touched on this with the Ocelot cutscene with the, the spinnies, but I, I think what this game is doing, and maybe it chalks it up to fan service like I mentioned, is like I feel like it's doubling down on the things that from our conversations aren't the things we love about Metal Gear, but are still Metal Gear, right? Like there is a dumbness to it at times and i honestly love anytime like any kojima game makes some like meta use of game mechanics for the, their story like one thing i'll say that i like about this game is that uh they contextualize how long away you are from like when you save like if you save and then close the game you'll come back to that profile contextualized as snake having been sleeping and depending on like how long it's been since you saved and closed the game you'll have gained more or less health like that's cool i like that that's that's a male gear thing that i think is retaining that spirit of this series which i think is very cool and it seems to be the first element like that that's been present so far 
I didn't notice that. So when you save and you leave, it counts XP or something, or like health? Uh, so I think the way par- like paramedics said it uh, in this scene when Ava's like, you should sleep. Uh, and she said, if you save, it that's counting as, like, that's your action of going to sleep. And if I saved the game today at half health, and then I picked up tomorrow... I'd probably have less health regained than I would if I picked the game up in a week. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So this game is rewarding you for not playing it then, huh? <laughs> yeah. Basically. Cool. Uh actually it's the best Metal Gear. Um <laughs> reminds me of um I don't know if you got to this point yet, but uh Christian played you played the world's end with you or know about it, right? I know like, about you know it, yeah. some stuff. So I know in that game if you like uh it gives you XP for every second you aren't playing it. Oh, wow. So if you just like uh, take a break, because the DS had that clock in it, it mm-hmm. would always just say, hey, welcome back. Here's some XP, which is cool. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I thought that was a cool mechanic. And again, not like an in-your-face one. I know um, Kevin had some words to say about Psycho Mantis and the controller. So this, I think, is much more of a passive thing. That, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it- it's still cool, and it's neat. And not many other games contextualize their mechanics that way so i wanted to shout that out yeah but um so after that entire sequence we get to the ocelot fight ocelot has the high ground and he loses so Very what do we true. think of this fight who wants to start uh again was, worth noting three of us are <laughs> playing it on easy or very easy yeah so. um I did feel like it took, like, it felt like a traditional blast fight where, like, it was not easy, necessarily. Like, it it definitely took me a, a good, like, I'll say 10, 12 minutes to do. Like, like it was it was a generous amount of time in that boss fight. So, like, it wasn't like a breeze like some MGS2 boss fights were, for sure. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, it just... it. It's just not what I imagine the Ocelot fight be, but then I but then I also have to put into the lens that like if this is the main Ocelot that we know, then this is a much younger Ocelot, a much more insecure Ocelot, a must like a much less untrained Ocelot, right? So maybe it's not that bad when you look at it from that lens, but I don't think it was horrible. I just think it was kind of like a little bit boring. I don't know. I you know? I stood in the same spot and just yeah. took shots when he was open. <laughs> I did not move in yeah. an inch. It's but. it's almost identical to the Olga fight in Metal Gear Solid Two. Sure, it is actually. Um, yeah, very much ex- so. except for the fact that you have it, like Metal Gear. When Metal Gear boss fights are good, it's because you recognize a sort of subtle mechanic of that boss and you exploit it. Um, but this one is just like, all right, he has 12 bullets and you got to just run him out and then you can shoot him. Uh, there's beehives that you could shoot above, which I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they were helpful. Sometimes they weren't. Um, but yeah, it honestly, it's just very forgettable in the grand scheme of metal gear. It's just a very forgettable boss fight and it's not that fun. And it makes it even more annoying wh- where his like troops behind you are like i gotta step in boss and just start shooting at you it's like stop <laughs> that's and you, like i went to turn around and try to shoot them and they like duck their heads behind because the game recognizes that you're aiming at them I'm like no that's never fun don't do that i will say i like 
the set piece here like I, I think it's a cool design for a boss arena of like you're on you're divided by a crevice right i think that's kind of cool and like just the winds and the sand flowing everywhere and the trees and the rocks like i think the design of it is the vision like the art design of it is interesting and uh memorable i'd say but another thing that's like a subtlety i thought was neat was um i didn't find myself consistently able to get multiple shots on them but with the beehive i think it opened it up for an extra one but um i don't know if any of this happened to you guys uh i, I tried to aim for a headshot and i think to justify like oh you can't shoot him in the head because he's a character he's important uh the, the hat the beret like flows yeah. off and then yeah. he will pick it up if he goes past it at a certain point like and i think he leaves himself open for like three or four shots at that point which uh made it go by pretty quickly for me but yeah there's some stuff here i think and maybe it would have been more engaging if i played it on a higher difficulty but yeah I, it was not remarkable really do you think the hat thing and how upset he gets about it when he loses it is an ode to cowboys just like the whole duel thing like i, I think that's what i thought yeah yeah considering like red hat though <laughs> right like considering also like where we're fighting in like it seems like a very much and they do that shot like that like standoff shot yeah, in the, cool. the cutscene yeah. very much like a western like I don't know what you would call that I'm pretty sure there's a word for that but that standoff, like, standoff, standoff. shot yeah. yeah is that like just like the standoff shot so, yeah. yeah 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 so um I like the the hat thing like that's what it reminded me of first like oh okay cool like yeah a cool little homage but um <laughs> Did, yeah I, I don't know just not not that fun of a boss fight for sure did anyone get the paramedic coda call about spaghetti westerns? No, no. And just I forget the exact context, but oh, it was about uh for a fistful of dollars, I believe it was the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sometimes when David Hayter says something, it's just the funniest thing. Like obviously, like you get the the first Metal Gear, and he just questions everything. Um. And to hear him say spaghetti western is just the funniest part. <laughs> <one that's done. laughs> that's great. Spaghetti western. Um, so yeah, we, we face off against Ocelot. Um, any other thoughts on the mechanics of the fight or set pieces as a whole before we dive well, into the next area? You're right. It totally does look gorgeous here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm always surprised when you get into an area and it looks like nuts. Like I don't know if we got to this area yet in this episode, but the uh, that foggy swamp. I think maybe it was before this or I think it was, it was before it was yeah. before yeah okay alligators in there right yeah yeah that looked awesome that looked cool yeah. yeah it looked cool yeah that was I feel like this ocelot boss fight stage looks like a smash stage <laughs> yeah like, it's so bright and colorful they yeah, could yeah. easily just cut it down just put it in smash ultimate <laughs> like, maybe in playstation all-stars battle royale 2 I'm gonna go <laughs> I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go check and see I got you guys yeah. you know and as as unremarkable as this fight is, I do think it's neat seeing. It, it's sort of playing off of that original Ocelot fight in Metal Gear Solid One, right, with the counting the bullets, which I think is neat. Um, and if I am like, I want to root for Eva, but I haven't had a reason to yet. But I think here, like, so far in the game, I think Ocelot is the one I'm most behind. Mainly because I think I have an attachment to Ocelot already, but like seeing this version of ocelot like finding himself i think is really interesting and he seems like the most 
like realized character maybe out of everybody so far like he has a sense of humor to him and, and like he he makes mistakes and like i don't know i i think there's more going for him for me right now than there is a snake the boss eva anybody else yeah i don't know if anybody I, disagrees or agrees no i've I, never really been too big on prequels i think in general because mm-hmm. i feel like in a lot of cases they do kind of they don't ruin the character for me but it's a lot of stuff that i find unnecessary or uh detrimental to me caring about the character and i'm kind of feeling that here with ocelot like i don't know not to bring up star wars again but i feel like i never needed to see darth vader as a shitty kid in phantom menace mm-hmm. like but pod racing let's go <laughs> yeah and, and i've said it before but the the ocelot screech i still think is dumb yeah like every time oh but awful yeah, yeah, no, I <laughs> that was good. That was good. Yeah. I fucking hate that. That's the outro for every week moving forward. Good job, you did that to yourself <laughs> on stream. Always, I hear it's so bad. Like, why? This like, very much a Final Fantasyism. I feel like I was like, oh, that that feels like a Final Fantasy thing right there. Yeah, I, huh. I it would not be out of place. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can see that. So we finish up this fight. We get thrown into this cave. I again was kind of annoyed because i don't know if it's made my tv or my brightness settings but i was struggling bro it's pitch black who went to the settings and was like all right i'm fed up we're gonna fucking crank this i did 10 and you you can't do it unless i'm wrong like was i hitting the wrong button i couldn't adjust it was like you go to the the options menu to go to the brightness menu so it shows you a static screen so you can adjust your monitor, not the game's yeah. brightness. Or was I totally wrong? I think I ran to the same. I was trying. I couldn't figure it out. So I was just walking around a circle like an idiot for like 20 minutes. Does it get brighter as like when you're in there longer? Because at first I was like, I cannot see a thing. And then I turned my TV brightness up and it didn't really help. And then but even before I got the torch, I was like, I- I'm seeing better in here. Right you know now. what it is? Your eyes are adjusting. No. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wait, really? Holy shit. Uh, shit. I have no idea. Maybe. I don't know. I I think you're right. I also thought it got brighter. I bet that's true. I really bet that's true. No, because I noticed that too, Jack. I thought there might have been like cracks. And I was like, oh, I'm actually making progress stumbling around like a buffoon. So I thought maybe there were like... But I was in the same areas. Yeah. But that makes so much sense, Omar. You probably nailed it. That's 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 great. Yeah. What what I did do was like, I went in my inventory. Because like you said, Jack, I was like, I probably have a lighter. I uh, I didn't, so I pulled out the cigar. So I'm just standing there like a dumbass, losing health, just like trying to light the caves with my cigar. Ooh, there was something in my inventory. I think it was like glowing mushrooms. I was like, mm. should I, should I eat this? I was like, I don't know how that's gonna help, but I chose not to. But I was like, I don't know, like, would I emanate a glow? <laughs> I was like, no, nah, that's probably not gonna work. So I was like, never mind. Throw them. You could throw them, and I know they give a little bit of life. They don't help, but I, I okay. called paramedic when I picked that up, and she's like, <laughs> I think if you eat that, you might be able to charge your batteries. And I was like, huh? Charge my batteries? Yeah, like, do like you know the, how, like, your equipment, like, yeah. the motion detector has a, like, it's like how the silencer has, like, a little gauge? That's oh, your yeah. battery. Okay. So, I think, which recharges on its own, as long as you're not using it, as far as I'm aware. Uh, but I, I guess if you're low, you can pop some some shrooms and see some stuff and charge your batteries. Yeah, so. yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I was like, you know, in Dark Cave, probably not the vibe to eat some shrooms, but, you know. Yeah. Also, I will say, as we talk about this, like, end part here, from the moment he, from the moment Snake drops into the cave, and from here on out, it feels like an Uncharted game. Did you guys get that vibe, too, a little bit? I don't know if it's like the like cliche like oh like I'm in this place that I did not account for uh you know I'm I'm kind of like making my way through these caverns or whatever and then like there's like a ending boss fight in this like very much like lost legacy type of environment like I felt very much like uncharted in this end half of the game you know I was... maybe that's just me being like a Sony pony I don't know but no 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 because I was gonna I was Snapchatting Christian and I almost put in. Uh, the caption like oh I'm looks like I'm playing Xbox's new Indiana Jones game because like <laughs> that's exactly how I felt like obviously yeah. Indiana Jones and Uncharted are like based like, pretty much the same thing yeah. and like once you get that torch it's like yep that's yeah. that's what we're going I for I was like so. sick Parvis Magna baby let's go yeah. <laughs> like let's fucking go <laughs> like, oh, um, I got into that cave and I took out that cigar instantly and was like this isn't working at all so then I called uh, Major Tom, or uh, Zero, and uh, he said, Snake, take out that cigar. Maybe that'll help, which made me really confused because I tried to do it, and it wasn't working. But then, no, I guess the game does want you to use that shitty cigar in that sequence to find that, that torch. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is really dark. I kind of just, like, just went around and just... You found somewhere where I kept going past this direction. I was like, okay, I'll, I'm I'm going somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. And then I found the corner where I found the the torch, which is then where I figured out that your inventory on the L2R2 has a max cap, which is really dumb to me. Uh, so I had to like equip the torch. Um, but yeah, that's all that went. Yeah, and I definitely the the logic behind pulling out the cigar was i think uncharted one when like sully's like one of these days you're gonna have to bring your own cigar kid (laughs) and i was like okay (laughs) maybe but um any other notable things for anybody in the cave before you reach the pain um there's some frogs that i felt looked interesting but pretty much (laughs) honestly i got them i just remember the frogs Mm -hmm. uh I didn't kill anyone, you know. I didn't kill any frogs, you know. But... You should have. Frogs suck. Damn. Also, so, also some some snakes. I like how the snakes don't attack you because it seems like they. Oh, should. I got bit. Really? I have never been got... bit by a snake, and I like to assume that like it's some sort of like camaraderie, you know. <laughs> yeah. I got bit during the ocelot fight. Um, I don't know if you guys for the first time. I don't know if you guys ever <laughs> have eaten a snake yet in this game, but purposefully, anytime you eat a snake. It shows Snake, your character Snake, in a cutscene eating that thing in like a white room. It's really bizarre. I suggest eating a snake at some point. I should do that. I know Paramedic called you a cannibal, uh, <laughs> I think, in the first week or something because you ate a snake, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, I haven't noticed that. That's awesome. It's like, I guess. maybe it's a specific snake because I've eaten snakes before and like nothing happened, but one time it was like him munching on a snake. <laughs> in a white room <laughs> it's, well, it's, weird. it's it's interesting you say that jack because when i got poisoned uh i went into the cure menu and i was trying to like do the the stages to cure poison and then after i did it it gave me like in the top left corner there was like a really maybe like a 
three inch by two inch uh like mp4 of snake in a white room mm. healing himself and as it went on it got progressively like lower and lower res i was like is this just like a weird blue point thing or is this like some bullshit commentary about something <laughs> like I, I was tired of that i was like you know what i it's probably just a mess up it's probably just like an mp4 that they couldn't uprise because it was baked in but so yeah that's weird because i feel like we just we just talked about how the game has a lot of real-time cutscenes, right mm-hmm. um i know the game has like a theater mode so you can watch all the cutscenes in in the in the menu mm-hmm. so maybe it's something maybe they just ran out of space i don't know that sounds weird <laughs> honestly mm-hmm. like yeah yeah, yeah it was like i was watching technique. a youtube video and i was like losing <laughs> service i was like what the hell is this um snake we have blu-rays now come on i, I don't know yeah. like um so the pain fight this is the first member of Gru that uh, we are facing off against uh, joining the ranks of revolver ocelot and fat man as the first boss in a metal gear game <sighs> kevin you're the flower what are your thoughts on the first boss of metal gear solid 3 Guys, we forgot about when Pain does the insect thing after the Ocelot fight, and Ocelot's fucking twirling and killing them all. <laughs> like, that was sick as fuck. Yeah, yeah that was cool. I was like, uh, that I was was cool. like, that's so stupid, but it's so cool. I love it. He's yeah, that was like, awesome. <laughs> that definitely oh, fits Kevin's, like, interpretation of the way, like, Metal Gear is so close to being really fucking stupid, and, it's like, that's always. so emblematic where it's like, it's cool, but like yeah, that was awesome. You re- you could have messed that up. But it's almost cool. so dumb. It's almost so dumb. Um. Uh. But yeah, like I feel like I would have liked a little bit more, um, reasoning to like find this dude interesting. Like, I get it. Okay, the pain. He's somehow like enraptured in pain by all these bugs that bit him. Whatever. He looks like shit. You know. Um. Uh. He looks like similar vein of like Deadpool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That type of like skin thing he got going on, um, and like I think like the premise like service level is cool, right? Uh, you know, feels pain, whatever. But um, I would have like I don't know. Like I wish I thought he was cooler. Sure, but I feel like the game does not let me get the opportunity to extract how cool he could be portrayed as because they just didn't portray him being that cool you know what i'm saying sure even though i think like on paper it definitely sounds like a cool metal gear enemy for sure Mm -hmm. right um but i just miss like like i could have used like a bit of a vamp type of thing where we see him early on in the game then a few hours later we you know fight him a few times right like i think that that would have been kind of cool i guess but um but yeah like he kind of just comes and goes and i think that they there's a bit of like lost potential there you know um from what i would say personally uh jack because kevin's looking for context and any sort of interesting backstory behind the pain um with the codex because i know that you've been pretty on top of the game for the past two metal gear titles uh colin codec your your casting crew your support team on the codec for backstory on the bosses is there anything on the pain that would kind of flesh out what kevin was looking for not that i gathered i called major zero and he was like oh 
bees. Uh, shoot them, I guess, <laughs> and then you can uh, and then you can uh, get at them. Good luck. Throw throw some grenades. How about that? That's what he that's what he said. He was like, throw some grenades mm-hmm. um, to like get the bees away and then shoot this dude. And then Sigan, I called and he said, use your shotgun that I found because I found an M thirty seven shotgun. Nice. Um, to like just disperse the bees. So yeah, no, there there was not any backstory. Now, this may be my one of my least favorite Metal Gear boss fights. Now that I'm realizing it, um, there's just there's so much about this boss fight that I really despise. Like there's like I said with the Ocelot Ocelot fight earlier, like there's there wasn't really any particular like weaknesses associated with him that were that you could exploit that were interesting. You essentially just shoot him with a shotgun to get the bees away, and then I was tranking him, and that was it. And I think combining that with water and swimming and having to, like, avoid the bees underwater was just ugh, such a terrible idea. Like, I I was not a fan. And the fact that anytime you go underwater, like, anytime you enter grass, you go first person, and then your brain is like, which, which yeah, button's up? Because sucks. you'll never, you'll never remember. You'll never which, you'll never remember which direction is actually up on your con- control scheme because that's always weird for some reason so yeah yeah i i felt like this really cemented the idea that the metal gear controls for this game are not good and because you, you had to specifically like aim and be very accurate and it, it just felt like it required a lot of control from you and it felt like you didn't have a lot of control over what you were doing so yeah no didn't like this one sure i would like to clarify technically not the first boss of the game because we just talked about the ocelot fight but first boss of like the enemy weirdo faction you know um ocelot's weird in this game but he's not weirdo ocelot from uh foxhound and melgar solid one uh omar mechanically the pain uh yeah as a first first boss again with the asterisk like what do you think of it the way it's working on the mechanics you've learned so far presentation everything you want to talk about the pain i have to admit i think playing it on very easy is maybe ruining my playthrough of this in some ways where i didn't struggle at all i just wailed and shot and i did call the major and chucked grenades and stuff to distract the bees but no, it seems it seemed to not have really used too much of Metal Gear Solid 3's unique mechanics to me. I mean, now that there's a stamina bar, it's a bit annoying to see what is doing what to the enemy, I mm-hmm. guess. But uh, nah, I uh, in terms of set piece and stuff, I always felt like this was kind of a lame fight. Yeah, and I, I said this last week, but I think I think the B guy is so stupid. Like it's too much. Like I think Metal Gear Solid 2 has a vampire, and I think that's super cool. But like, B man, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. But I, I still stand by like I think they could have made that cool. I think you know, like yeah. I think I think they could have like, you know, got kind of crazy. Honestly, I kind of miss those like really long like you know villain monologues where they talk a little about the backstory like i think i could have used that here you know to be honest like like give me some like weird backstory just like not anything too long but just like a hey i 
uh, you know, uh, 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 have become so accustomed to this pain. I feel like pain is an important part of life. And, and, uh, you know, my, my, like, I have come to terms with my desire, like in the same vein that, you know, bees, uh, you know, carry pollen from flower to flower. I'm meant to carry pain from human to human, like something like that, you know? Screw it. Like, like, just like make me kind of like see where he's coming from in like a in like a somewhat human way, you know. Kevin, you should write this game with the yeah. with the whole yeah. like, 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 like you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. give me give me all that for like two minutes. I don't know. Like mechanically, I I agree. I think they could have gone further even mechanically. Like, imagine like play around with the caves of darkness. Imagine if he like harnessed enough Ooh. bees and like blotted out like the sun from the like the crack in the the ceiling and like you block that and you have to like use your torch for some reason or to, the motion detector yeah something like that yeah okay. this is just yeah. there's just like or imagine like if we to make him even cooler like if we see him at um when we first see him like with ocelot and like there's so many bees like it becomes dark all of a sudden and like that it would just make him a lot more ominous but that yeah he's just fog yeah. he's just what if you had honey grenades and he could move. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Yeah, cause yeah. like, Fuck. I think the pain. I brought up, you know, uh, Fat Man and Ocelot for a reason because I think it's another instance of doubling down on things that make Metal Gear Metal Gear, but not the things we like about it. Like, oh, look at this weird bad guy. It's like, okay, but it's like the reason we like Fat Man is because he's like so devoted to this idea. <laughs> The reason we like Ocelot is because he has this rich history and knows what to expect from Solid Snake because he worked with Big Boss, right? Like, there's all these things that I think make those characters really interesting as a first boss to, like, tee up where we're going that it, it's, like, it, it kind of like what Kevin said about slightly being a step away from being stupid. It's, like, a step away from, like, getting it. It feels like it's weird. Mm. Do you well, think like, every uh, like every Metal Gear Solid One villain like had their time in the sun even after their fight, right? And, yeah. And they were like Sniper Wolf dying. Like you wouldn't expect the emotions attached to that, but you do get that at the end. Same with Psychomantis, um, Cyborg Ninja. Like everyone, everyone has. It's not even just because they're cool. It's like they have their own like stories, like what we've all been talking about. And they have like resolutions even after they're dead, but this the pain literally just fucking goes and yeah, it's like okay. And Jack, I like that you bring that up because like all of those moments to flesh out these characters as a player, it makes you que- like Psychomantis. It makes you question of like maybe he could have been a good guy, you know? And like right. that's this game's message. <laughs> and like we think about that in the way they present their villains in the previous two games. So I, I do think that's worth uh, comparing. Um, do you think some of it is the fact that like Metal Gear Solid 2 explains like okay Metal Gear Solid 1 does that thing where the villains have these backstories and they're tragic and you get to hear a lot about them yeah and then with Metal Gear Solid 2 Kojima does that again but then explains it in a way where it's part of the S3 plan and everyone was chosen specifically for that reason to have those backstories and then Metal Gear Solid 3 I mean I, I can't remember how it goes but maybe it's it's very much not a simulation again like two was in that sense and like maybe that's a way to differentiate it i like i'm not defending it because i definitely would much rather the old way but like it no I maybe mean, 
he writes himself into a corner with two. I think you're right, Omar, because for us in this playthrough so far, I think something that makes Metal Gear Metal Gear is that history with the villains, right? And that's why I keep coming back to the idea that I feel like it just slightly... It's like you're kind of getting what we like about Metal Gear with this game, right? And I, I think that regardless of what the intent was, like you bring up, I, I honestly believe he probably is doing it to differentiate. I think you are kind of stuck in that comparison that way, right? Like, if you're gonna make a villain that has this weird quirk about them, and then you don't have the other aspects, like, it feels like they're just there to, and weird to be weird, you know? And, like, the justification here is, like, oh, I guess the boss was impressed with them for some reason, so she recruited them for Gru. Like, that's what we got going, you know? Yeah. And I know... The only you, thing I remember... Uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna just say it feels like we're bagging on Metal Gear Solid 3 a lot this episode, but, like... No, yeah. I, I, I think a lot of it's warranted. Specifically, 100%. like, looking back, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's definitely a cool game in a lot of ways, but uh, and I'm sure we'll be more positive on it later, but... Yeah, yeah Metal Gear Solid 1 also, like, we two was kind of negative as well so like there's no nothing saying that this game can't like pull through but i do think early on it's like kind of mid yeah it's I, not a strong I, start i think we might be critical because we know what metal gear can be but like comparing metal gear solid 3 to like any other ps2 game this is still i think the cream of the crop in terms of what it's trying to do it might not achieve it as well as it could have and what previous metal gear games had but i mean compare this to like i love sly cooper but like you know this this is on another level of like sly cooper like jack and daxter right like it's it's the i think this is still a part of the franchise that proved that video games could be more than you know simple platformers that are still fun but like it, it it's trying to say something um i don't think it says it obviously as well as the previous two games but it's still managing to try to achieve that yeah yeah like the uh, like at least early mgs3 where where we're at i am like finding myself like kind of missing the environments of like Metal Gear solid one you know and like missing like the the like dialogue and stuff like that that like i maybe like bagged on a little bit i guess early on in that playthrough but like now i kind of like miss it in a way you know i don't know i don't know like I'm still here for it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's just this feels like it feels like Kojima did not make this game. Like it just does not feel like it. I don't like while I don't I don't know like is that weird to say? Like I just feel like this was made by like a different studio. You know. In a lot of ways I think this might be the most Kojima Sure. but yeah and like maybe like, i'm just not seeing that yet i don't know no, but like do you guys see that like here like in these early hours that, that we we play like does this no i mean I, it, I i think in the first two hours it is maybe kojima e but maybe it's because my brain is poisoned with later kojima stuff okay <laughs> where i think one and two are almost like they feel like they're made by a different guy sometimes really I think so. Even though I like a lot of his later stuff, but um, okay, I think there's almost a difference. Like, I think I think he he made games differently after a certain point. 
I don't know. And huh. Going with that and what Jack mentioned about this game standing higher than a lot of other PS2 games, I'm wondering if... Because I think that the story is kind of weak so far, and I I think the game has really great moments that are still to come, uh, and I'm curious to see how I feel about them in this playthrough, but like, I think story-wise, I, I wouldn't say it's outshining other uh, games that go for sort things like this i think where its ambition lies is in its mechanics and we talked about that week one of like hey it kind of created the survival genre so and i think metal gear solid one and two are very much going for like hey we want to tell stories you know and i think they kind of might have peaked you know with the way they tell stories uh with metal gear solid one and two just Again, we want to make movie comparisons. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> like, I, I think there's something really strong about the first two so far. And the third one shifts to a different focus. Um, where it's not to say that it's not impressive, because I agree with you, Jack. I think the game certainly has ambition, but I think a lot of it lies in its mechanics more. Because, like we're barely talking about the story we're talking about how we don't like the story compared to the last two and then we're talking about how the survival stuff is interesting that's if we ring out all the conversation i feel like that's the percentages so far and i wonder if like omar mentioned the difficulty is doing a disservice to the mechanics because we talked about this a bit before the episode and i wanted to bring it up here um so far we've been judging the people who are returning have been judging how we're chunking out the sessions for every week based on a guide that's broken up into five parts trying to find a natural stopping point seeing what's going to take a certain amount of time we have two very easies i'm on easy jack's on normal and i don't find myself really engaging with a lot of the survival mechanics much at all and i'm wondering if that's why i'm kind of not unimpressed but like kind of having a whatever time playing the game and then the the additional issues i have with the narrative and characters is just putting me in a bad space playing it so like jack i think all of us took about an hour and change to get through here so i'd like to hear how about how long it took you and how you feel about engaging with the mechanics of the game so i think cumulatively i'm around like three and a half or four hours i think the first the virtuous mission took me around two I take my time a lot um, mm-hmm. with these types of games too, so I, I I think I play naturally slower maybe. Um, but I agree that the survival cam- mechanics aren't all that they could be because you look at a game like The Last of Us and you play that on Survivor. For me, I feel like the first game that's kind of how it's sort of meant to be played because mm-hmm. um, you're kind of stripped of all of the um, like it, it's harder to find supplies and you have to be a lot more conservative how you're using your weaponry mm-hmm. um but with this game like i'm playing on normal you guys are playing on very easy or, or easy i don't think there's that much of a difference in terms of like the survival mechanics because everything so far is kind of given to you on normal like if you need stamina there's going to be an animal like to the left or right of you that you just grab and then have in your inventory for when you need um and yeah, it, like I feel like it's a they're good mechanics, but I don't feel like it adds to the experience all that much because it's most of the things are sort of given to you or they're sort of easy to 
combat. So yeah, I wish it, I wish it was a little bit harder in that regard, where you you would have to sort of go out of your way to find food or anything like that. But most most of the things are fairly in your path, and you don't have to go too far out of your way to satisfy that. Yeah, and I'll also like add the modifier like. I think there's something you have to separate with with something aging if it's the first to do something because I still think that's impressive, sure. right? But like, I it's just disappointing, I think, because I, I sort of felt this way with the past two Metal Gears of like some of the boss fights didn't feel amazing and we, you know, I was playing on easy so maybe that was why it didn't feel that way. But here, because I'm not really super into anything and the mechanics, which are what I think this game has going for it, aren't really not incentivized to engage with them much like i kind of don't have much to latch on to so far uh omar how do you feel about that uh this week's play session uh i ended up playing over the course of like four hours in terms of uh i started playing the game and then i was like uh this is kind of dull paused it i don't know maybe ate some food and kept coming back down like i just didn't want to play it too much Mm -hmm. uh so maybe i'm feeling kind of similar on that where it's uh there's not much to really engage with the mechanics there. It feels more like an afterthought than the game was built around it, which I think is kind of disappointing because it feels like it should be centered around it. Maybe it is the case where it's the the last difficulty is the way it's meant to be played. I have no idea. But definitely on the experience I'm playing it, it kind of is like, I don't know. Not feeling the survival vibes, I guess. Sure. And I, I think, Jack, your comparison to The Last of Us is really good too because... I think a lot of people will say that The Last of Us 1 doesn't have great gameplay. And I would agree unless you play it on those higher difficulties because it does strip away uh, Witcher Vision detective mode and you are really meant to take your time and look through stuff like that, right? Like, I, I think there is more pressure because of the higher difficulty and what it does take away, it highlights the mechanics there way better. And I, I think, Omar, you might be right. Like, I I wonder if European Extreme is the way to play this game. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I will say I played The Last of Us in normal and had a stressful time, but I enjoyed myself. Uh, <laughs> at some point, yeah. I'll do Survivor, I'm sure. Yeah, Survivor was <laughs> yeah, really no. great. It made me appreciate that game on an entirely different level. Yeah. It was Christian and Tajay that, that told me that, like, no, like, Last of Us plays entirely different on higher difficulties, especially the last one right like like it's a it's a totally different dynamic totally different game it while normal last of us like feels like a little bit harder than like your average uncharted game mm-hmm. you know where your prima is just going through it you'll always have everything you need whenever you get into a altercation like it's not like you're you're gonna run out of ammo really that much you know um but yeah, like I've heard different from the higher difficulty. So maybe this game has that too, because I definitely find myself, honestly, guys, forgetting about the survival mechanics. Like, I forget they're even there. I forget that. The only thing that I really like to interface with a lot is the amount that I'm hidden via my like face mask and like mm-hmm. body camo. Like, that's been super fun to like mess with. Like, and it's and it's a neat thing. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm in a different environment. Let, let me see if I can tune my physical look to make to give me the best shot at making through this like that i think has been the only one that's been different from past metal gears that i actually like a lot that i think works um easy to comprehend 
and uh really fun to like mix and match and see like which environments work with whatever but other than that like the whole notion of like like <sighs> killing animals and stuff like that and like eating them and those have different benefits and i guess drawbacks or whatever i just haven't really even messed with that um like i was also hoping that i would do another like medical game play doctor type thing when the horse breaks your not even breaks but like i guess strains or heavily injures your hand right i thought we would do something like that again i don't think it's required it like wasn't. i don't know if i yeah like it it didn't prompt for me there either so um yeah like i don't know like it just seems like there's like a lot of fluff that i bet is more prominent in harder difficulties that I may be just giving the game a disservice, you know? Because, like, I don't know. Like, it's not like... um, How I put this? Like, Kojima, I assume, didn't intend for me to feel like I can completely avoid those survival mechanics. Yeah. I have to assume that's what his, uh, his assumption was, right? It was for me to use these mechanics. But in Very Easy... I'm just not interfacing with them. Right. right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, neither am I. I feel like at the end of the day, they. it's sad because last week I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm glad we're getting to these mechanics. I remember them being so great, but it seems at the end of the day is kind of gimmicky where every once in a while I guess stop and eat a snake, but that's, that's to my recollection, that's kind of the extent of it, and it's a little sad. Um I agree with Kevin though. The camo, the camo stuff is a great addition mm-hmm. uh, in this game, and I, I, I love inventory management in games, and I think the camo management is one of the more fun uh, added mechanics of MGS3. Definitely. Do you feel like uh, I mean, Kevin? You mentioned that uh, you are almost missing the Metal Gear Solid One and Two environments with this. Yeah. Is that like because of the aesthetic or like the? Uh... Hmm. You know, when this game goes more open, I feel like the encounter design is less emphasized like it is in 1 and 2, right? I think, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Like, aesthetic-wise, like, I even find the concept of, like, doing this whole game on Big Shell, which is not even that big of an environment, but, like, I just think that's so cool. And, like, like looking at it exterior, it looks like it's a very simple map, but when you actually go into each part, it's very very varied you know like there's a lot of really really cool just rooms to interface in right where here i feel like yeah sure the aesthetic isn't great but i feel like even like the enemy placement i feel like it's just not as compelling i feel like they're just kind of just random and like i think that you know when when you know i i would go into like an environment in uh in uh oh my god mgs2 right like the enemy placement was in such a way that like you know you would have to think really about where you want to go how they're going to see you and and different stuff like that where like in this game it's like it just feels random like it just feels like they're just on patrol and you're kind of just meant to easily mop them you know yeah, I heavily agree because yeah. there's that point where we have the the base before Ocelot where there's the the plane, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was going to I I did that portion like probably like 30 minutes before we start recording. 
and I was like, shit, this might be longer than I thought. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish. And I got through the area in like three minutes. I actually like, I went into the building because I did Same. so well getting like past that first group of guards with like all the, the turrets and everything. And I was like, oh, what the hell? And that's where I found the frog. And then I shot the frog and I was like, oh no, they're going to hear me. Nobody heard me because uh, there was nobody else around except this one guy blocking a door. And then I maneuvered <laughs> through the rest of the place and I fought Ocelot after that. So was not. Yeah. 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 I, I think you're probably right, Kevin. I. I miss those environments too. Yeah, like not not that we think about it. Like I I really feel like that 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 might be a really big problem that is making me not enjoy this game in its early hours. I really think it might be just the enemy placement in like a really big way. I'm not saying that's like all of it because there's a lot of reasons why I'm not feeling MGS three early on, but. I think a big part of it from like a gameplay perspective might be those enemy placements and that like they're just not that compelling. Mm -hmm. They're just not like really inciting me uh, to to think more methodically. Sure. You know, about what I'm doing in the game mm -hmm. from section to section. So very much with you on that, because I feel like those rooms when they're tiny are just so oh, good so for good. thinking about stealth. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And especially when you run through them again over and over again you start to know those enemy placements it's like oh it's so satisfying damn. yeah yeah once you like learn them like it's really satisfying you know um like what i remember the most about mbst was the um I, I think it's like a packaging room front f maybe you don't talk about e? right yeah. yeah 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 like I just think about that room all the time where it's like I was thinking about like lines of sight, making sure, you know, he was facing that way so I can go over here, maybe get this angle on him. I'm getting none of that in MGS3. It's just like, okay, cool. Uh, I'm going prone because heaven forbid I can't fucking crouch walk. So <laughs> I'm going to go prone and then just shoot him on the floor and then just stand all the way up because, you know, we're just not going to crouch walk. Yeah. We're, we're going to stand straight up, full tall, and just keep it going, completely visible. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mentioned yeah. this last week about the crouch walk being available in the 3DS version of the game, which, you know, that was like a remaster port or whatever, seven years after the fact. Um, but I also wanted to mention, are you guys noticing shots where uh, it's almost like this game was made for 3D? Like uh, the bee man will shoot bees at the camera in one cutscene shot. And I think there's been a, in the very opening with snake on the helicopter or plane, he, uh, tosses the cigar towards the camera, which mm -hmm. I don't know. Was this game made for like 3D? Was that the, a plan Lo for lots it? Lots of angles, lots of angles yeah. with the gun, like sort of like like it's slightly tilted, so the the silencer is like pointed more towards that. Yeah, I can see that. I can yeah. maybe see that. What was up with that? <laughs> like interesting. Was was the plan to include like the stereoscopic 3D goggles in the box? I don't know. Like maybe. <laughs> Uh, so I think that wraps everything we had for Metal Gear Solid 3 this week. Uh, next week's chapter will be ending off with the boss fight with the end. Uh, the end Wait. is the next character we are fighting. Oh, his name is the end. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. So okay. we're Damn. stopping after the gunfight with the end. Okay. So like I assume you complete the boss fight there's probably like a 20 minute cutscene or something like that yeah wherever you can save after the end fight i don't know if it's a cutscene but after you finish okay. the fight with the end after as soon as you can save that's where we're leaving off for the next chapter gotcha i don't uh, think kevin has the ability to do the thing off, on ps now 
I just realized. Mm. We can talk about that next week. Oh shit! Okay. 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 Maybe you can do the thing and relay what that what that's like. Oh, I'll do the thing <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, until then, uh, as we do every week, uh, we can go around, give final thoughts on this week of Metal Gear Solid Three, lo- what we're looking forward to next week, and of course, plugging everything. Uh, Omar, I'm going to make this very hard for you because you know what to expect next week now that you know the thing yeah. and you're going to do the thing. So let's hear your final thoughts, uh, expectations, and plugs. Um, yeah, uh, I'm excited to do the to do the thing next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid 3, it's interesting. Uh, my plugs, uh, I have a Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash chef, Exclusive for this podcast, I think I finally figured out a schedule. Ooh. I'm thinking... Thursday, uh, Sunday, and Monday at like 10 p.m. That's the current schedule. I like late nights. That's Very what I'm nice. realizing. Yeah. Yes. Omar, uh, there's there's a vibe about a late night stream that I'm 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 glad you're seeing. It's a yeah. fun vibe. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. You get the the, the vibes are right. I feel the like the vibes are right. The vibes yeah. are right. Sometimes they're wild, mm-hmm. but yes, sometimes they're right. Omar, some of my favorite streams that you've done were those uh, like two a.m. Sonic Adventure streams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Those are awesome. Looking yeah, forward um, to that. But. Cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, that's it for my plug. Sorry. All right, uh, Jack. Let's hear what's up. Um, I'm kind of hopeful that this game picks up because I I did remember really enjoying this game um but yeah the first the first two segments of this so far like hasn't really done it for me and i honestly like left this gameplay session kind of feeling a little bit more negative toward it um but uh i like know where this is going so i'm I'm hoping by the end of it i um i enjoy it as a whole uh but for my social stuff you can follow me on twitter at fascinated jack uh christian and i have a marvel's avengers podcast uh, man that game back in a big way we're yeah. playing it every day for the rest of our lives hell yeah talking about metal gear solid 3 doesn't age super well marvel's avengers best is yet to come baby yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have too much to play that like we won't even be able to finish it once we reach our graves like there's just gonna be too much it's so good oh yeah it's we're back baby mm-hmm. um so if you like that game for some reason you can follow <laughs> you can follow that it's called excelsior we also talk about the mcu we, we're gonna be talking about falcon and the winter soldier so you can find that at excelsior on youtube.com slash joyclex or on podcast services hell yeah um I- i'd like to have kevin to go last because i feel like he's probably gonna have nicer things to say um but yeah, I, I'm echoing the same sentiment. I've been kind of disappointed with Snake Eater so far, which sucks, but I I really hope, because there's some really great moments in this game, I I truly, desperately hope that they hit for me. I'm, I have a worry in my heart that they're not going to hit for me because of just how I've felt the past two weeks. But uh, to the game's credit, I do think... Um, it's 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 still a fun game right like it's still i like seeing kojima's take on the cold war because it does feel different than one and two which i think it does give it some strengths right like it, it's shaping more of what the world of metal gear solid is so i appreciate that stuff for sure um and i think there's elements of it that are cool in just like a different way like 
it's cool the way that some dad movies are cool. I said that last week. I'm really feeling that right now. Um, uh, as far as next week goes, uh, like I said, I'm kind of hopeful. I want to see more from like uh, Eva and hopefully get more like good stuff for her <laughs> and uh, you know continuing Ocelot and all that. But uh, as far as plugs go, uh, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Shun2D2. Uh, Jack and I also just finished uh, Pokemon Emerald, so if you are interested in this sort of book club discussion, we just wrapped up 10 weeks of playing Pokemon Emerald. Uh, we are continuing with Diamond and Pearl later this year for those remakes, so we got three seasons of Jack's first Pokemon experience up right now. But yeah, uh, Kevin, let's hear from you. What's up? Uh, number, give me a few things. Number one, Omar, listen, these these two buffoons okay they're they, they they got their cute marvel podcast right let's get a let's get a live service game and let's just put it on our bags on let's just do what let's just do one i Can't say that, baby i was not gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> kevin's trying to play some outriders yeah i was gonna say outriders motherfucker let's Yo, go let's I'm go let's, let's go. do it let's go call it call it um uh we'll think about later um uh what was the other thing um hmm i forgot i forgot okay you well should call it riders on the storm oh that's not bad i kind of like that i like that okay from the okay doors. jack i see you i see you i see big you doors guy over here uh that was some that was some big brain stuff right there um overall um i'm just intrigued to see where this ends i think i'm more intrigued to see where this ends than any other metal gear given that if it really is some portion of the population's like favorite metal gear i really want to see why i think i think that's what it is like i think the ultimate like thesis i have for this for like this episode so far and what we've played so far is just like i'm waiting for the why like why does this game exist why like what is the point of this game you know um i'm really looking for that uh so yeah i mean overall like i wouldn't say i'm not enjoying mgs3 it's just like a burn that i didn't expect to take like this long to like intrigue me in like any sort of way you know um uh, and of course like relaying reasoning to everything that we've talked about here of how uh you know some r1 bs how snake uh, just is as a character in this game, uh, and assortment like of other things. But um, yeah, like I wouldn't say I hate it, but it is definitely not grabbing my intrigue that much for sure. Um says plays in source. You know, uh, we started Resistance stream series, so that's an interesting game to go back to. I'll say that it's 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 interesting for sure. Uh, we're doing that. Uh, of course, Returnal's coming up. Just went gold, so we're going to be doing a lot more coverage on that game moving forward. Uh, saves a lot of podcasts as well. Chugging along strong, you know. I think we're going to talk about the Vita this week because, honestly, it should be talked about every week. But, you know, I think this week for sure. Um, and, yeah, if you want to catch my stream series on Metal Gear Solid, uh, Metal Gear Wednesdays, Wednesday nights, you know, that's when it gets popping. Uh, and if you miss the stream they're public on live public playlists on the channel but the streams themselves are unlisted so you can go to the live uh playlist and you can check them out there if you miss an episode 
and Twitter at PSSourceVids. And yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, about it. Wait, did I say like, do you want to know like where I think we're going after this? Yeah, sure. Or... Just throw a couple things out there. I mean, there's still Adam, right? Mm-hmm. And there's got to be a reason more than what Eva said as to why Adam didn't didn't show up. You know, like I think she just says like offhandly, like oh, like you know, he's doing something, whatever. But like I think there's. Adam seems interesting, you know? So I bet there's something more to that. Maybe not. Maybe he's just a regular dude, but we'll see. You know? I'm 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 re remembering Adam and the decision to do a quick swap out mm-hmm. to get Eva instead. You know? Like there's I think there's gotta be something there. Um Yeah, like I still also hold that I think by the end of this, like this is just showing the rise of Big Boss, right? Uh, which I think could be cool. You know, I'm not saying I wouldn't want that for sure, but like I think it's cool. And it was nice to also get, I think, uh, a a very reasonable and and like deliberate spoiler that you guys gave me in terms of like this is not Solid Snake. Yeah, I think that is going to help a lot moving forward for sure. Um, and just yeah, just being able to look at him as truly a separate character, I think it's going to be very very helpful for me going forward. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. So we'll see. We will see. Very nice. Well, uh, that's going to do it for chapter two of Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. Once again, we will be back the following Monday with chapter three. Uh, it looks like we're shaping up to have probably five parts of this series and of course after that we will be diving into metal gear solid 4 but uh until then you can check the show out here youtube.com slash joyclicks every week or audio services like apple Podcasts or spotify your service of choice if you enjoy the show enjoy the discussion and you want to give us a five-star review you can because it takes a quick tap then you can move on in your day or if you really are pissed off that four jokers were clowning on Metal Gear Solid 3 for two hours and 20 minutes, uh, let us know why it's the best game ever made, please. Uh, but if you want to get involved further, you can go to patreon.com slash joyclicks and support all of the shows at the one or five dollar tiers. Five dollar tier gets you producer credit on all our podcasts like Chris Sakas and Aaron Easton. Uh, and yeah, that's going to do it. So, Kevin, can you hit me with a meow? like that 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 type of thing yes please it's all good one one more for the road come on oh that wasn't that good come on